Hey everybody, Chris Swanson here, Sheriff. Welcome to Black and Blue. Yes, Ken Wadi K from the Free Hugs Project, and um, our last episode was it was kind of heavy. We got heavy, into man. Some, right, some really uh, tough topics, and uh, hopefully this episode will be a little lighter. Can um, I tell you when I talk about heavy topics with you, and I'm just gonna, I just feel like uh, it's it's uh, you're almost like a therapy. Yeah, yeah, because that's you, good. You get on both sides, but even the way your tone of how you talk and and when you say it, when you say police are wrong, like I don't get offended. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I call police wrong and I do yeah. it, but to come from the other side. So I just appreciate the fact that, and I hope you know on my end that I'm not trying to, to incite or to rile people up. We're just trying to talk facts, but you just have a very good demeanor about you. So I appreciate that. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And um, I, I think that it's important that when we are talking about topics that sometimes people can feel like fingers are being pointed, yep. uh, that it's always done with, with grace and, and mercy in how That's you, why, you, you yep. deal with people. Right. Um, you know, and if Sabrina were here, she would say the same thing. Cause she just told me last week, she's like, you should be a therapist or a counselor. Wow, I was like, I don't want to be that. She's like, but your tone, when things get real, it, uh, it's, right. Right. But no, See, there you go. And I would never, never <laughs> yeah. have known that. So, <laughs> so there you go. So thank, thank you for that. Um, but I, I think also it's because, um, I know who I can comfortably talk to about these things yep. because what I don't like is if I am, um, calling things out if someone is constantly like wait wait whoa whoa, whoa right and mm -hmm. constantly discrediting your yeah. feelings and i think that's what gets a lot of people upset yep. of how i feel is how i feel and and try to accept and understand that even if you see it the other way well you can't change how someone feels about a situation right and so um responding to people with that same sort of mercy. And so I know the people that I can speak to yeah. in that way that aren't going to discredit my feelings. But like, as of this episode, we've only actually known each other July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, like nine months. Yeah. But it takes people like Ken and Chris Swanson to open up the heart to say, I don't know this guy, yeah. but I got a sense that I could learn, I could build a relationship which is what we did yeah. and be real with. and be real. Yeah. I've been with your family. You've been with my family. Yeah. I've been to your house. You've been to my house. Mm -hmm. If we're going to deal with, you know, Chauvin trials and shootings in Minneapolis yeah. and, you know, highly volatile issues. Yeah. You've got to have people that you can connect with to have the right heart. Yes. And you have to have the guts to hear what they say. Yeah encouraged to give it back and i think that's why this this chemistry works because yeah. i think you represent a whole group of people that i can't connect with mm -hmm. and i represent a whole group of people that you can't connect with yeah. and hopefully they get value from this for instance there are people there in this chauvin trial and whenever this episode airs mm -hmm. we don't know what process it's going to be but as of right now we're recording it's in the middle of it um, i know there's going to be a response yes. no matter what yeah and uh, I personally, if I was sitting on a jury, could not, with just the video alone, not mm -hmm. convict. Yeah. Like, that that makes no sense not to. Right. I would hope that regardless of, you know, SNL skits mm -hmm. and people's versions of what happened in the past, that that yeah. starts a new perception of how the justice system is supposed to work. Yeah. Because I don't know. All the things are being considered. I, I just... 
I'll go back. If I was the defense attorney, I would be like, listen, I'm going to do everything I can, but the closing arguments of the prosecution is going to be eight minutes, 40 second video, and the case is over. Yeah. Like that video itself yeah, that's, it is everything. all it is. But I will tell you, as the police side of it, we're preparing for just like we have everything else. Yeah. We have a tier system, and the first tier system is what we're doing every single day, what we've been doing. And with great thanks to you, Adam, Luke, the whole crew that comes out from the West Coast yeah. to try to make Flint the example mm -hmm. of how to handle highly stressful things. So our first tier is we don't see anything that's popping up. We uh, have a good rapport with our community. We're changing lives every day. Of course, we have all that, the, uh, the violent response ready yeah. to go, our rapid response teams mm -hmm. ready to go. But that's so far down the line. I, I hope that never gets deployed. Right. Just like I carry a pistol all the time, I hope I never have to use it mm -hmm. because at that point, someone is it's a fatal situation. Yeah. But on the flip side, if there's an active shooter, which we've seen here in the last month, mm -hmm. three active shootings really? in one, yeah, the whole nation, three active shootings in one week. No, but I mean right here in front. No, no, no. I'm just oh, saying okay. if I'm ever in that situation, oh. I want to be able to defend people, but I'm not looking for that opportunity. Like, I hope today's the day. My point is I, law enforcement has a high expectations of what they can and cannot do when it comes to fatal force. That's only a small percentage. The majority of what police do are protect, serve, and unify. Totally. So yeah. I uh when you when you say that right now, uh, about the uh the gun on your waist and um do you think that there's people that are like, I hope today somebody tests me like yes. you, you, in law enforcement? Yes. You believe that? Yes. Wow. See, so that's that's part of what the problem is. If there's people running around looking for problems as opposed to people that are like thanking God every day that they didn't have to use their weapon. Like to quote Ice Cube, today was a good day. Today was a good day, <laughs> <Right>. Ice Cube, man. <laughs> I got to meet that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are two different perspectives when it comes to deadly force. People that want to use it because they feel empowered with a weapon, mm -hmm. they have no business being law enforcement. I have a weapon that, God forbid it happens, I want to be there to protect. Yeah. And uh, that's validation of what a police officer is sworn to do, protect and serve to the point of giving your life. Like as of this episode, we're like 13 days into uh, April, April 2021, and mm -hmm. 97 police officers have already given their life. This month. This year, for the year, since January 1st till this day of this episode, yeah. 97. I don't know of another profession in America where 97 people uh, have been killed while doing their job from right. shooting, stabbings, car accidents to COVID, of course. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's... it's. I call it policing now is an endangered species. <laughs> it is. There's so I, many things that are going on with policing. It's like, I, I wonder, like, we're going to get to the point where nobody wants to be in law enforcement. You don't feel like we're already there? Yeah. <laughs> We still have people applying to our positions yeah. at the sheriff's office. And I, I, I tell people this is the greatest time to be a police officer. It's the greatest time because it's almost like taking over in leadership position yeah. when the person before you was a total train wreck. It's like, man, all I do is go up from here. You know right. what I mean? Right. You don't want to take over from somebody who's doing a great job because yeah. you're like, dang, those are big shoes to fill. To fill. Yeah. But, uh, but I in do. Minneapolis, weren't um, oh, yeah. a year ago? Like Mass exodus. Walking away, right? Same thing in D.C. Mm -hmm. at the Capitol. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, from the riots. Yeah. Yep. But I, I look at the mindset of a police officer, and let me ask you this, and last askers, what kind of people do you think go in law enforcement? I, I would hope 
people no, that that was not the question <laughs> what kind of people do you think go into it and then i want to ask what kind All of people right. do you hope go in he's there he's calling me out here okay, there you go to keep it real <laughs> um what kind of people I don't, I don't like that you're asking me this question but since we were already talking about like just being genuine in the yeah. responses and, and being honest what i have always felt growing up especially the sort of people that go into law enforcement was the kid in middle school and high school who got picked, picked on, on and then he got a badge and a gun or she or she got a badge and a gun and said it's on now yeah. like there's somebody to test me that's that's who i have always thought were the sort of people and do you think that's the majority perception of police officers heck yes i think that's what the majority of people think, think about why okay why you became a cop right okay however <laughs> through the depth of my work now there are so many police officers that I have met where I'm like, oh, you really live and breathe that. You were going to be that since you were a child. Yeah. And then when I started to see those characteristics in my own son from, I told you the time we were hanging out at the San Diego police station. Oh, yeah. And he's hanging off the side of the oh, yeah. Head, and you're right? like, oh, my and gosh. Like, little Kenny is so shy and quiet. Like, you guys probably remember when you were at my studio in, in Oh, San yeah. I was just sitting there on the yeah. table. Uh, probably didn't say one word to you, right? Savannah would have come and spoken to you and everything. Little Kenny, never. You get that boy to the police station, it, blam, gotcha. <laughs> I'm chasing down the bad guy. I'm like, Love what? that kid, man. Where does this come from? Is he saying right? about Uncle Chris? <laughs> right? Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> so so there's there's some people that are just designed that way. They they come alive. And so when I started to see that in little Kenny, then and then seeing that in you and knowing that you came from a lineage of people in mm -hmm. law enforcement, that there's people that are just um uh designed for the job mm -hmm. right but there are there have to be people that are just like what many of us thought coming yeah. up you were that kid that got picked on in yeah. high school and you were like just wait one day till i have a badge and a gun nobody's ever so pick on me. a perception of that mm -hmm. now you kind of answered the second question is what kind of person do you think deserves to be a police officer in the 21st century yeah i i think the people that deserve to be police officers are the people who have dreamt about it for years in their life about i really just want to help people mm. and that's where you see the difference between good and bad police mm -hmm. i have contemplated it for a very brief moment in the work that i've been doing with the free hugs project i was like what if i went to the police academy oh. right because my cousin did my cousin did and my cousin yeah. looks just like me lapd uh no he's in um uh, where is he now? He's in Jersey. Okay, because you. Okay, I'm sorry. Yep. I thought you talked about him, or maybe a family member. I just that just rings yeah, a bell. But him, yeah. But he's in Jersey. He's in Jersey. Okay. If, if he walked past today, you would have thought it was me. Wow. Same height, complexion. So his dad, his dad is my dad's, his dad is my dad's older brother. He got a Rolex. Uh, I don't know. Right now, right now. Let's go back to that episode. <laughs> but so so. Yeah, so I mean, that's how much we look alike, yeah. and and he chose that path, right? And I didn't even know until his um, graduation from the academy, and I saw the photos on Facebook, and mm -hmm. I was like, Namdi, why didn't you ever tell me you were planning on doing that? One day you're a teacher, next day you're a like New Jersey police officer, and he's like, I didn't know what the family would think about me if wow. I did it, so I just went through the academy to see what would happen, and then now I'm I'm a police officer. So your cousin, right? Mm -hmm. 
who did not grow up getting picked on in school. So you based on what police should be like, kind of like you. I know my cousin. I know his heart. Yes. He's a teacher at he heart. He cares about. He cares people. about people. Totally. You know, just a, a quick story about him. So, um, as I've shared, I, like I didn't. When my parents separated when I was eight, from eight to eighteen, I had no mm-hmm. connection to my father. And so right around the time that I was turning 18, mm-hmm. um, I, well, I was heading into college. And that summer before I went on to college, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I want to kind of um, get to know my father before stepping into this role of manhood. Mm-hmm. But I was scared and nervous that I don't really know who my dad is. And so um, I had called my cousin and I said, yo, I'm thinking about going to go um, meet my dad in New Jersey and probably stay the uh, the summer with him. And then he goes, then I'll stay the summer with you there so that you feel okay and mm. comfortable. That's the sort of heart that he has. Yeah, that's cool. Right? Like I had no connection to my dad. Wow. Wasn't close with did my it happen? cousin. He did. Yeah, he stayed wow. with me that entire summer. See, that's we a police out, officer. Right? Like he just, he wanted me to feel comfortable. That's right in the home of this guy who I don't know from eight to 18. And he's like, even if it's all bad, I'll be there. We'll go to clubs together. We'll hang out. Let's go to the beach. Let's chill. Right. And so he did that for an entire summer. And so that's the sort of heart of person that he is. And, and Nabi, he was always like the swagged out kid growing up. So I knew that there's no way he was getting picked on in school. Right. And so that defeats the whole, all the cops yeah. are guys that got picked on in school. No, this guy was the cool kid in yep. school and still decided, hey, I just want to help people. So when I started in 93, I will tell you the culture of policing. And then I will tell you what, what I foresee is a, is, a, is a huge solution to law enforcement. So don't let me forget that. Cool. And it's at the leadership level. Okay. Uh, Adam, take notes of this for the future. But when I first started, the culture of police officer that I grew up with they wouldn't exist in my police agency now. They would be eaten alive by our own people, wow. because that bully mentality that doesn't that that is that can't happen, and it can't happen because that's not who we are. Yeah. So it was a thing, though. My, 100%. my initial perception of who, both yeah. people that were. Uh, empowered because they had no power before yes. and people that were bullies that kind of uh, Wanted, uh, like, took another level no, to it. Sure. Like, listen, I'm a, I've been, I've been a bully my whole life and now I get to carry a gun and a yeah, badge. Now, validated. To, now you're just the worst human being on the planet because you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. But I can tell you the police that I see that are the most successful are exactly like your New Jersey cousin. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I was using me as an example. Mm-hmm. I always took up, for people yeah. and I wasn't a tough kid I was a chunky kid growing up but mm-hmm. I never took grief like I would I got my first fight suspended with Scott Mullen in 6th grade <laughs> and uh, I mean I didn't mind getting hands on yeah. and I always hated people getting picked on I always looked out for people that were, were like very you know uh, just vulnerable that yeah. was just my nature this bracelet that I wear all the time outside of uniform is it just this courage because courage is what you have to have if you're going to step into a field that could cost you your life for people you don't even know yeah. whether that's on scene or driving to the scene we just heard sirens go by i don't know if that was police or fire but they're going to somebody's emergency that they almost bet they don't even know yeah law enforcement it should be with those people and if you're watching right now if you have a heart for people even with all this dust that's out there that you want to protect people yeah. that can't protect themselves against the bully mm-hmm. if you want to serve people in their most vulnerable time if you want to unify people that need to be unified and only the police can do it, we can tear people apart yeah. and we can build them back together. I think the long-term goal is to mandate 
that people in police leadership positions uh, have to go through a set standard mm-hmm. where they have to almost uh, pledge, test, certify that these are the policing standards that we will follow. Yeah. And if we don't, then we are going outside our protection mm-hmm. and we don't qualify for to immunity. Oh, got it. Okay, and then uh, we were going to talk you about like that, that before the episode. Yeah, right into oh. the qualified immunity. So for people that don't know exactly what that is, because I had shared with you before we started the show, uh, let's go into depth on on that for yeah. people that don't understand what yep. that is. Grab your phone, read the definition on okay. Google if you can, because I have my own version. That is, okay. if you work for government, especially in law enforcement, that you are immune, you are separated from accountability uh, by doing your job. So there's a, a line of defense, qualified immunity, as long as you qualify. There are states that are already removing that, and that officer who works for the people, the government, is now liable because there's no protection while doing their government job. What is the definition of it on Google? All right, let's see. It looks like it comes up first on Wiki before okay. on Google. Um, in the United States, qualified immunity is a legal principle that grants government officials performing discretionary functions immunity from civil suits. Unless, my battery yep. notification has popped up. From civil suits unless the plaintiff shows that the official violated clearly established statutory and constitutional rights of which a reasonable person would have known. Um, your definition sounded a little bit more clear. Yeah, that's a very legalese definition. Yeah. What, what I think is important to, to know is I personally have been sued five times in my career, named as a defendant. It's a very painful process. I've been exonerated on all charges, not criminal charges, just employee lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, people sue police all the time. Uh, and if anybody's been out there and named in a lawsuit, it is a very painful process. Abraham Lincoln said, second only to death, the worst thing in life is litigation. Mm. Um, and it is. It's a long, drawn-out process. I mean, they can file things. Uh, I have nothing right now. I, 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 I have I've been through that process. But I have seen other people make decisions on the job that have been sued, and not only as, as part of their job, but also individually. Yeah. And that individually means that I'm suing Chris Swanson as a county employee and Chris Swanson as an individual. individual. Then if you are found responsible that the court, if it's a jury or a judge, can do punitive damage, Mm -hmm. which means that, no, 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 the government agency doesn't pay your damages. You're paying it. And I've seen that in the millions, even from our own agency. Wow. And then on top of that, we still have the criminal side of it where if we do something so egregious outside, you're mm-hmm. going to be charged criminally. I've arrested my own people. One dude, I uh, got stupid off duty and he got, uh, he took out his weapon. He started firing. I, that was a Saturday. Night. I arrested him on a Sunday afternoon out of his bed. He's a third shifter, hauled him right out there in front of his wife and kids. I have no problem with that yeah. because if you do wrong, you do wrong. So I think, um, the qualified immunity conversation, I don't think that is as a big a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, as people make it feel like, even on the law enforcement side, you know, I'm yeah. like, listen, do your job. You have nothing to worry about because even with qualified immunity, you can still be sued individually. Yeah. You can still be given punitive damages. You can still be arrested. So just do your job. Yeah. But on job. the flip side, right. <clears throat> we want to make sure that there's still protections for people to go out there. Cause now it goes back to, I, I don't want to do this because I don't want to get sued. And that could be very dangerous and right. more cops can be killed and, and more people can be killed 
because obviously if, if the protector's down and the people they're protecting has no protection, then, of yeah. course, that's a problem. So it's a crazy time, man. And, and then when I hear people about, you know, abolish police and defund police, and, and we heard the stat while we were building out the show that the national um, survey shows that 14% of white people uh, um, want to abolish and, and 19% of black people where the majority of the other people want more police. Right. They want better police. I mean, I've seen Jesse Jackson come out and say, wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we need police. We need police. <laughs> we don't, but we talk about it. It's not about abolishing or defunding. It's about making better police. Totally. I want better police. Yes. And I've said before, defund inept leadership. Like, take those people out of there. If a department or an agency is not built the trust of, of the community, the lost command presence, yeah. get them out and get somebody else in there. Yeah. But one thing's for sure. People need protection. They need 24-hour yeah. service, 24-hour protection, 24-hour unity. We saw what happened when you don't have that and innocent people get hurt and yeah, killed. Complete anarchy. So um, what do you say to uh, like the politicians and the, the activists that are posting things online that are especially in reference to some of the recent videos that have come out, uh, people that are saying things mm. like abolish the police mm. or um, – and, and, and when you look at the – the likes and the shares and the retweets mm-hmm. on comments yeah. like that. Um, I know, and initially, uh, you didn't even want to share the tweet of the person that, that said it. And, and I agree that way we're not putting too much emphasis on the individual, but on the topic, I think the topic is important because mm-hmm. that seems to be a growing yeah. movement. Right. And, and at some point um, it's, it's going to be heard at, a level that maybe people can do things mm-hmm. about it, right? Whether it's the Senate, whether it's the White House, if people keep on um, uh, pushing that message, pushing that agenda. So I'm curious what your thoughts are when you're seeing things like that continually popping up, which it makes you feel like that discredits hmm. all of the work that we're doing right here yeah. in our community day in and, and day out. First of all, I'd say to my police colleagues out there, don't give people reason to want to defund us. Yeah. I mean, why, if you are a championship team, would anybody want to remove the franchise? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nobody want to say, you know what? We don't need the Patriots. Yeah. When they're winning Super Bowls back to back to back, right? right? So be the champions. Master your craft. We've said that before. Yeah. So don't give people reasons to want to defund. Don't yeah. don't make stupid command decisions, chiefs and sheriffs. Yeah. Don't create a culture in your police agency where you don't serve, you don't unify, mm-hmm. and I can't believe they would protect because that's coward. Yeah. But you you look at those and you can't focus on those tweets or mm-hmm. those statements made because the majority of people love the police. But for those that that are concerned. The more that gets talked about, the more it starts to desensitize and think, you know, that may be a good option. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. The second thing, it breaks my heart because I want to take those people and say, listen, just come with me for one day and see. What Let me show see. you how good yeah. we're doing. We're going to make mistakes. I promise you. But look at the heart of the people. Yeah. Don't just blast. And you said it your last episode. Sometimes it's a time to respond quickly to mm-hmm. something and sometimes sitting and waiting gives a better response. Yeah. So I don't know what the, 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 the purpose of it is. Sometimes people respond social media with, uh, with the intent to create mm-hmm. and conjure up um, comments and likes and all that, which yeah. I think is a bad motive. Yeah. But I give you one example of somebody that uh, I have, I have such uh, a connection with and uh, they're black. 
Um, yeah. And they have seen, they, they've been with my family. We've, we've, we've ate together. They know me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done work together. We've done work together. They've yeah. seen the heart. And when I saw them post, I have changed my narrative, abolish the police. I'm thinking to myself, I, I mean, that's where courage comes in. Cause I'm yeah. like, listen, I can't listen to that because I don't, I don't understand how they got to that point. Yeah. That one incident in Minnesota erases everything that we've done together. That yeah. does take a painful part of my heart from yeah. me. Cause I'm like, how, you, you know what yeah. we are about. And he knows you. How do you think that conversation would have been had that person brought that up to you either over the phone or personally like sitting across We'd have from done this right now if yeah. you would have come to me mm-hmm. and said chris i gotta tell you something man i know you've been out to my house i know we've we've done a lot together mm-hmm. but man i'm feeling like i'm being pulled to abolish i'd be like yeah but posting it out there like that or, or just shooting it out without any kind of, i mean i would never say that it's like if you have something to say about me come face to face i mean even the bible in matthew 18 talks about if i got a grievance with somebody mm-hmm. go to that person yeah yeah and and, and and I think a lot of times that incites more because you don't go to that person yeah. or worse yet, isn't it not doing the exact same thing to that group of people that you don't want done to your people? Yeah. Cause I can't look at something, you know, there's 90, as I said, 97 police officers killed and I'm sure they're killed by male, female. I mean, I know this white, black, you yeah. know, uh, Latino. I mean, all sorts of people, there's killings, but I don't go to that population and say, listen, you took an officer's life. I have lost faith in your entire culture. Like yeah. I, I would, I would, I would punch myself. Yeah. Don't get caught up in that. Like, and that's what, to answer your question, I wish they would have come to me. Cause I would have been like, like you see it live. Yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? That, yeah. that hurt me. Just yeah. like if I said something to you, worst case scenario, I, I would just think about it. This is total role play. What if you read something that I posted mm-hmm. outside of black and blue podcast, or mm-hmm. I said something as you know, my professional role and you're like, that's not the Chris that I know. Yeah. And why would Chris say that about the free hugs project when he's been there? Like we, we've, we've, worked so hard to, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, that, that's the that, kind of stuff that I have to struggle with not getting angry about. Yeah. No, that, that happened to me, um, uh, from someone in, in law enforcement actually, who like took a certain stance on, on something. And, and it was very hurtful to me it, like in seeing that, Oh wow, they, that's okay, cool. Well then we just decided to, um, I decided to distance myself from, mm-hmm. from that person. Uh, but something really interesting that you probably didn't even realize that you did in this entire episode was in the beginning of the episode, you had asked, uh, what type of person do I think goes into law enforcement? Yep. And then I had mentioned yeah. how it was the kid that got picked on, but then there's other people who were mm-hmm. just designed for the job. What you don't realize that you did this entire episode, it was that you personalized the job. And so it, it, there's very little separation between Chris the individual Mm. and Sheriff Swanson, because when you talked about this person putting out this tweet or this Mm -hmm. post, um, he said it about the police, but in your explanation, you've said it as though he said abolish Chris, Chris, right? And so, yeah, I don't know if you realize that you do that, but so is that good or bad? It's good because you've personalized the job. It's, it's who you are. It's your life. Right. Mm. And so when you talk about the sort of people that should 
be in that sort of a position. Mm-hmm. It's the person that cares about it <clears throat> so much that there's very little separation between who they are as a man and who they are as a professional. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, it's intertwined, yeah. right? And so, like, if if someone says something about uh, the work that I do as the Free Hugs Project, I take it personal as Ken. Yep. And I've shared that with you. Sometimes yep. that can like, yeah. thwart, thwart me from my mission, yeah. throw me off, because... I, I, like I feel like it's a personal yeah. attack and I've shared that Dr. King felt the same way remember when he was uh, I gave the example of um, where how he felt like wow my own people are calling me a sellout and a, and a coon and Uncle Tom that was his profession right but he took that as yeah. a personal attack because his job has now become him him right? Yeah, My man. job has become wow. him me uh, your job has yeah. become you and so that person didn't say F uh uh, uh this sheriff's department or i'm i'm done right. dealing with chris right. he didn't say that right but he but said that's about, what i heard that's what you heard and that's what i felt there you go so then it it goes back to your initial question about who are the sort of people that should have this job it's the people that personalize it it's the people that care so much yep. about you guys better not screw this up because it makes it look bad for all yep. of us. That's someone who wears the job on them. I just thought of a guy who I knew and on the job, he was a total ding dong. Mm-hmm. Like I hated working with him. He dealt with people. He would write just a bad human being. I'd see him with his family. I'm like, you're not the same dude. Yeah. And they, and he put on a, a fake facade and what one was the real one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, it's the people that don't do that mm-hmm. are the ones that don't belong in here. It's funny you say that too. I appreciate that because I look at it like my wife and I, I mean, she sent me a nice text on the way here because we're grinding all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you left your family and, yeah. and everybody's here putting the studios back here and Diana, new to the team, is just back there. Yeah. But all of us are sacrificing for the good of the cause. That's the right. So it doesn't matter if it's police work, if mm-hmm. it's in medicine, if it's in the ministry, if it's in social activism, if it's in leadership and business. When you pour your life into something because it's who you are, yeah. that is the best person for that position. Totally. When you say, I'm one person here and another person there, you don't belong that in that work. field. Yeah. Yeah. So I will tell you, law enforcement, um, it is a challenging field. We see more death and violence than than any field, mm-hmm. more trauma. On the way here, I'm listening to my police radio, and it's the same calls over and over rapes, assaults, frauds, crashes, death, violence. Yeah. Nobody calls 911 because they're having a great day. <laughs> yeah. They call 911 when their whole world shattered. Right. And you wonder, we do all this good stuff. How does this stuff still happen? Imagine you're trying to, to stop the floodwaters and you plug one hole and another one pops and it's all you do your whole career. All day. Yeah. And you I look at the military it. and we talk about this. There are people that'll do like, you know, six month, one year deployments. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement's deployed 20, 30 years in the battlefield. And you've got to have that strong disposition in every decision you make, especially the things that we're talking about here. It's got to be the right decision. Yeah. And in one month of an officer has to make the same qualified decision as a 20 year veteran. Yeah. And you've got to know how to play different roles. It is a complicated field, but it is still an honorable field. So yeah. I, I, I will promise you this and everybody's listen. The day I don't take it personal is the day I'm done. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I, 
love that this episode became that. And I, yeah. that wasn't our intention. It was like a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> Sabrina, thanks for bringing <laughs> right. Father Ken here. I appreciate it. Father Ken. But I will oh, say uh, my final thoughts, and then Ken, would you close it out again? Yeah. Uh, please have faith in your police. Please have faith and support those in law enforcement. So spouses that are out there, kids that are out there, you know, moms and dads whose kids are in law enforcement. If you hear this episode, if you're a friend of a police officer, just give them some encouragement and challenge them to be the best, most professional police officer on the planet. Yeah, I, I think my final thought is uh, I just love what I just witnessed in you in this moment right now. And I think I would um, tell everyone that uh, in in anything that you do, if you are not passionate about it, find something else yeah. to do. Right. Because life is so short. We've only got this little bit of, of time here. Sometimes when I look up and I'm like, dang, I'm 40 years old. When did that happen? Yeah. I have to, like when I was watching the video of Dante Wright and I kept on um, referring to him as a kid, like, oh, he's just a kid. And I'm like, but he's 21 years old. But to me, he's a kid now. And I still feel like, but I'm still a kid, but not really. Right. My age doesn't allow that. I, but I know that the majority of my life, anything that I have done, I have done it with passion. Yeah. I cared that much uh, about it. And so this episode accidentally became about it passion did. because of the question that you asked. And I told you who I thought was applying mm -hmm. for the job. But then again, sitting across from you and I'm like, man, this guy is personalizing everything <laughs> about yeah. police to him personally. And that's a good thing. Mm. Right. And so in anything that you, that you do, you know, you, you have to believe in it. You have to uh, want to protect it. And that's what you do. You seem to want to protect the, um, the integrity of the job, yeah. right? And why would anyone go into any profession if you didn't want to protect it? Why would you want to go into a relationship or a marriage if you mm. didn't want to protect it, right? Yeah. Protect the sanctity of it, the integrity of it. And I, I think that's extremely important. It's almost like a lost art, right? People are doing things for money. People are doing things for clout, for likes. And then there's people that do things because they really care about it. And like you said, if you ever get to a point where you couldn't do it in that capacity, um, then, then you would step back. And I feel like I'm, I'm almost at that point with the free hugs project. And this would probably be a, another episode where I'm leaning more on these conversations than the hostile situations yeah. that are going on out there. Um, <clears throat> this pandemic has, uh, really given me a greater appreciation of family, yeah. I've spent more time home with my kids. I've watched the other Chris uh, for the past two years uh, with what he's been dealing with with his family. And even this morning when I was woken up with all the riot footage and people messaging me, hey, Ken, where are you at? You're supposed mm -hmm. to be out here. And I had told my wife, I said, um, what if right now that I'm at this point of transitioning, like not being the one right at the center of the front line, what if it's that one last time that I go and then I'm the guy that takes an accidental bullet and it's like, wow, he was on his way out, right? Mm. And so that's kind of where, where I am right now. Where the greatest good. Yeah, you know, and, and I think yeah. the greater good is in these conversations. Yeah. It's in what we're building with Adam, right? It's like putting it to the point where the 40-year-old guy, I've done my part. I've set my examples out on the on the front lines. My agent agrees with me as well. He's like, I, I actually feel relieved that you've come to this point in your career. He's like, you had a six-year run on the front lines. Um I think you could be more effective in other places. And so um, 
I, I like that you said that, that when you get to that point where you feel like you're yeah. not doing it in that capacity, That's then it's time, there it is, right? There it's time for you to step back. And so for me, I think it's time for me to step back, train people through discussions, train yeah. people through dialogue. But when a city is on fire and my social media accounts start getting lit up, hey, Ken, um, when are you flying out here? I'm like, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm going to Detroit to talk about it. it's inter- my um, layover. My flight coming here Your was in Minneapolis. A, it's way over. <laughs> it's a whole nother <laughs> episode. Yeah. But, but my my flight here stopped in Minneapolis. Wow. And I was like, I can literally just text everyone in Detroit. Hey, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to be on the front lines tonight. Yeah. And I'm thinking, the what if tonight good. is that night? Yeah. Right. Thanks, man. Yep. So we'll see you next time. Cool. Take care. Make their head drop.